nuclear. Now, is it crick or creek? Coyote or coyote? Sometimes I say library. Welcome to You're Saying It Wrong. I'm Fletcher Powell, and each episode we turn to the people who literally wrote the book on this, sister and brother team Kathy and Ross Petrus, and we'll dive into what we get wrong and sometimes what we get right when we try to speak this weird English language. Every episode, Kathy and Ross send me a word. I try to pronounce that word. I may be wrong. I may be right. And then we just see where that goes. Kathy and Ross, of course, here with us. Hi, guys. We're doing this right before the holidays, or or I guess sort of in the middle of the holidays if you put Thanksgiving in there. You two uh, obviously are siblings, but you live quite a ways apart. Do you ever get to see each other over Christmas? Um, We used to when we were visiting my mom in Georgia. We would get together virtually every Christmas, actually. But in more recent times, I saw Kathy over the summer when I was visiting Seattle. So I guess we see each other probably about once a year. But we also see each other every day on Skype. So, <laughs> Which is why, actually, it's sort of like a, it's like a, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it, it's, it's not as exciting when we see each other in person because it's sort of like we've seen each other constantly anyway. It's like, oh, yeah, you again. It's nice to see your wife, though, Ross. It is. But it's funny when you said the Skype thing because a couple of weeks ago, I got a cold and I was scared of giving it to Kathy. I sneezed, and I automatically got scared <laughs> I'm going to give it to Kathy. And then I realized you can't over the... But you think it that way. I, I Don't you, Kathy? Or... Yeah, well, it's like, how many times have you gone to get a cup of coffee? And I'm like, can you get me one? <laughs> doesn't quite work that way, Kay. <laughs> oh, you, you have a special bond. <laughs> uh, well, today, uh, you guys didn't exactly give me a word so much as a question. Um, you asked me to tell you what the plural of the word octopus is. Uh, And so I grew up um, knowing that this was octopi. I was a pretentious little child, and I corrected everyone that I heard uh, who who said octopuses. Uh, so so octopi is is what I know this is supposed to be. But I want to argue that that it's kind of gotten to the point where octopuses is probably okay. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see what you guys have to say about this and, and just uh, why you brought this one up today. Okay, actually, Fletcher, you may have been a very precocious kid, and I think I call myself one as well. And you and I were both wrong. Oh no! <laughs> And we down-to-earth types that said octopuses were right. (laughs) I blame my parents. That's horrible. (laughs) Octopi is now considered correct, but it technically is not. What it really is is what's called a hyperforeignism. What we've done is the U.S. ending we both knew or know is commonly a Latin ending, and many U.S. Latin endings take I as a plural. However, in this case... Catherine? <laughs> uh, octopus is a Greek word. So, so we, have, we have a very different, different animal, no pun intended. I mean, technically, technically, it would be octopodes. Octopo-P-O-D-E-S. But if you say that, I think that people would be, you know, justified in hitting you about the head and shoulders and calling you a snob. So octopuses is, is actually the very correct you can say octopi. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna just go out. I mean, like it is allowable um, now, but it's not technically correct. I think the OED says octopuses is the first preferred. Octopi is allowable, but not preferred. And octopodes is rare and um, 
sort of snobby. But the most technically correct. Snobby, but I would say it is. <laughs> but one, I'm going to throw one really boring, interesting fact in. The Greeks never, octopus comes from the Greek. Octo is eight, and then pus is foot, so it means eight-footed. But the ancient Greeks never said octopus. They said polypus, poly meaning many. And the Latin, we got octopus from the Latin via the Greek, and the Latin people would also, the ancient Latins would say, the ancient uh, Romans would say polypus as well, and they put the I as an ending. So they would say polypi as a, as a plural, which in effect is like octopi as a plural. Is that getting weird or not? Did they just not bother to count the number of legs that the octopus had? I don't know. I, that's an interesting question. I have no idea. But octopus as a word, you know, meaning that uh, invertebrate came later, came much after the uh, ancient Greeks and the Romans. But wouldn't if, if it were Latin, I'm sorry, I'm just going to ask a question because you, you know more Latin than I, certainly. Wouldn't it have technically been octa, I can't pronounce it, piece, P-E-S, and then it would have been like centipedes? Uh, would it be octopedes then? Very very good, Kath. Yes, that would have been the that would be <laughs> the. Uh, but because they had the U.S., uh, there there are different declensions uh, in Latin, different uh, endings mean, depending on what the word is, and the U.S. ending is commonly um, it's called the second declension masculine, and that declension commonly ends with an I at the ending. So see, this is why I think a lot of people though say it wrong because you hear the word declension and people like me and I, I'm I'm panic. You know what I do? I hear declension and I immediately go I ah, ba ba ba. So this is where I, I I think that so many people just automatically go oh add an I and it's right. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's where they shouldn't do it. I, I yeah. tend to think that the best thing to do in most cases is to add is to take an English plural and do the uh, s or es to to Latin words. I mean, we're not speaking in Rome; we're speaking in America or Canada. So why not use the American or or British or English? Well, like yeah, sinus sinuses. You don't say like you know, oh, I have a, my Sinai are killing me, or do you? Exactly. I mean, Although you do, there are some exceptions. <laughs> no, I'm mean, speaking of the U.S. ending. Uh, this is one. What do you for focus? What do you say the plural would be? I'm waiting for Fletcher to answer. I'm not putting myself on the out on the limb. <laughs> well, well, so I I've seen the I've seen I've seen the word f o c i, but I don't know if that's uh, I don't know where that has come up in my life. So I don't know if that's supposed to be the plural of focus or if it's something else. Well, actually, it's sort of interesting. Uh, there, really, I would argue there are two plurals to focus. There's one, I would say focuses for like, there are many focuses to in our lives or whatever. But with mathematics, I would say foci, because I remember that from mathematics. An ellipse has two foci. I wouldn't say focuses. You never say focuses like in a math course. You'd say foci. Right. And I think that's exactly where I've seen it. Yeah. And there, so therefore, there really are two plurals. There's the Latin plural that we use in one instance, and there's the... Um, English plural we use in another instance. Another one I'm going to throw out to you guys for a Latin word is appendix. Appendices, uh, I always appendices, say. Appendices, yeah, I always say that as well. But if you're a doctor, you would is say, I removed 25 appendixes today. It's a very, mm -hmm. very hardworking surgeon, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but in a, again, you're using a Latin plural in one way, and then you're using an English plural in another. But you don't, you, you would never, you can use appendixes for appendices for a book, but almost never, from what I looked at, you never would say appendices for appendix. Yeah, that you're right. You're the appendices of a book. You're absolutely right. Yeah. 
It's a very odd one. I mean, the problem is, is there's so many different, like I was just thinking of apparatus, the word apparatus, which is Latin, but you don't say apparati, and you don't say apparatuses either, do you? You just say apparatus. Apparatus is both plural and, and singular, isn't it? I don't know. I would I would have say apparatuses. Uh, I believe the apparatus I've heard as both as both plural and singular as well. Yeah. Uh huh. But status and statuses. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's it's all very okay. I'm gonna do a, a slight. It's not a really a stumper, but for both of you, I'm gonna throw out uh, the word syllabus. What would be the plural of that? Do you say? I've always said syllabi. Okay. I would actually now here here I go with my ancient Greek. I would say two things. First of all, syllabus is partly a fake word there's some thought that it was from sitaba which was a um <laughs> that they... was that was my that was the ace up my sleeve and you knew it <laughs> <laughs> but i'm also going to throw Damn. out something too syllaba <laughs> in my uh giant ancient greek dictionary the greek english lexicon by little the great little they call it has syllabus in it is greek and they have the plural is they're saying it's syllaba and the plural i mean the plural would be syllaba because it's the first declension feminine noun. I would say syllabuses now to clear the confusion up completely. Well, again, that's another one where, I mean, I'll just say they're both uh, actually allowable. You can say syllabi or syllabus, technically. I mean, and, and you won't be sneered at. Yeah, I, th- I don't think you should be. But going back to, actually going back to apparatus, though, I'm thinking that's an interesting concept Kath brought up, because I would say apparatuses, but in some cases, there's something called a mass noun. It's an uncountable noun, where we basically use the singular where, where the plur- we would sometimes think we'd use the plural. For example, um, you don't say uh, octopus in the plural. If you said something like, I eat octopuses, I wouldn't really say that. In terms of, I like eating octopus, I would say. I like octopus. Right. And in that sense, it's a mass noun. And I think what Kathy is saying for apparatus, to some degree, is that the plural, in a way, could be considered a mass noun, in which case it's plural, but we use it as a singular. I think, Kath, isn't that right? Well, yeah, you have the same sort of thing with data. I mean, I know technically datum is um, would technically be the singular, right? Datum and data. But now data is really used both both as a plural and a singular. It's just it's difficult to say, like, I, I looked at the datum. I mean, maybe a scientist would, but I think that your average Joe on the street would not. I think you're right. That's, the, that's another example of where the science... Where the scientific usage of the word differs from the normal usage. I think if I were writing a science paper, which I never will write, I would say datum is the singular, data is the plural, and the data are correct. But if I'm talking like in a business sense or whatever, I would say the data is correct. I think you're completely correct in that sense of data. Well, the, also just going on, it fascinates me just in general, if we're talking just in general about Latin plurals, is how many how we still have the split. I mean, some things are correctly done with the I or the I-C-E or the whatever, and then others have, have completely been anglicized. I mean, um, asylum, you don't say asyla, or, right? You say asylums, premiums. I, I love football. I visited many football stadia. Okay, now stadia, though, is an interesting one because actually um, of Europe, you do see more stadia mentioned. I found that when when I was just like poking around looking up Latin plurals, because someone on a um, linguistic board said, "Ha, and no one's a stadia," and a few outraged Europeans said, "We do too," you know, silly yank. So that was an interesting one. That's fascinating. Yeah, I would not have known that. I mean, because stadia to me just sounds very strange. It does, and in general, I think the the Latin plurals and the Greek plurals are fading. I mean, encyclopedia. 
I have two, I mean, two, do you say, I say encyclopedias. I don't say encyclopedia I or A-E with an ending. I don't. I say the S. I'm thinking also of, of alumnus, uh, someone who's graduated from a college, I suppose. Uh, we usually say alumni for the plural, but I also know plenty of people who went to women's colleges who are um, singular alumna and alum, I guess, alumni. Uh, oh, you get points for that because so many people don't know that. Very good. We're very impressed with you, Fletcher. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> but you guys, Ale. yes, thank you. Uh, you guys have also, I mean, a couple of things. First of all, you've given me a little bit of an existential crisis. I'm kind of reevaluating my entire childhood right now. You've been talking, <laughs> um, but but also I'm in a mild panic because now I don't really feel like I know what to say uh, about any of these words. I think what you do do and what, what one should do is not wor over worry about the Latin. I think one should worry about what people are using in the context in which in which you're dealing with. I mean, for example, we just talked about that with the scientific use of or the mathematical use of the plural of focus, foci, and the normal use of the plural of focus, focuses. And I think in that case, I think you just sit and listen and then you can figure it out what needs to be done. I read this long, long academic piece on um, rules for Latin pronunciation in English. And I mean, by the time I was through reading those rules, I was, I was completely confused. So therefore I think what we have to do is just sort of sit and listen and then decide what to do. I think in general, we should default towards an English pronunciation, index, indices, or indexes. Indexes is, it's fine. I think it works very well. Well, I was just going to say, the thing is, though, is, is, is what's happening more and more is, is that both are usually, usually I should say, both are allowable. Um, and and I, as you had said, Russ, you're starting to see a switch. However, something like syllabuses and syllabi, syllabi is still much more used. Um, it, it, the interesting thing is that, that I think to a great degree, you do have um, people like us who were taught by our parents, you know, and, and wanted to be correct. And it's still much more widely used than the, than the anglicized versions, which is what's so strange, because I think this is one case where you really are seeing the change happening before our very eyes. But I mean, like things like medium and media, like you, it's, it's, I know people still say medium, but more often than not, we've got that plural thing again, the plural noun concept, and more people are just using media sort of across the board. Medium sounds stranger. So I think that it is becoming like an ear thing, like what sounds right. Octopuses does, is beginning to sound okay. I would have argued probably about 15 years ago, most people would have said it sounded funny. I agree. But we do have to also be, uh, we have to be careful as well, though. There are some words that I think, Cassidy is right, what sounds funny. I mean, I mean, like criterion and criteria, I would still use criteria as the plural and criterion as the singular. I would not Or phenomenon. Phenomenons, actually. Do people say phenomenons or do they still say phenomena? I would say phenomenon is, the, is obviously the singular. And I would say, I would not say phenomenons. I would say phenomena. I mean, there's like a list of certain words, which regardless of the changing in the world, uh, we still have to, I think we still should say, use the Latin plural, just because it's easier to say people will hear you correctly and will not like wonder what you're talking about. So I do think phenomena, I would say is the plural there. I would not say phenomenons. I, was, I don't think I've ever heard phenomenons, actually. Criteria, I would say as well. I don't think there'd be criterions. Right. Well, very few people that that in my experience even use the word criterion as a as a singular. They tend to use even criteria as as the singular. 
which is incorrect, and I would not recommend that one. Well, it it like you said, it does seem like something that's changing right before our very eyes. It, this is this is a really interesting situation because it's it's slightly fraught with danger. We we're not exactly sure what to be using in in any particular situation. We kind of just have to get a feel for how other people are saying it and what they're going to understand when we say the word. Exactly. And I mean, again, we go back to the problem with the scientific usage, a lot of times differing from the normal usage. And in, in some senses, both in, in a number of cases, both plurals are correct. And both plurals tend to be used in a specific context. But it is funny, though, because, you know, Fletcher's talking about all the problems of figuring things out. And we found one with fungus. How do you pronounce the plural of fungus? Uh, I have so much trouble with this one. I I say fungi because I hate fungi, um, but I don't know which one's correct. Well, we found we were looking on uh, the Google Ngram, and then we looked in England as well, and we found a, a plethora of different pronunciations of the plural. We found fungi, 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 funguses, fungu, something around fungi. We found literally there was no preferred pronunciation anywhere. A lot of it depended on where you toadstools. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, technically, if we're going to speak Latin, it would be uh, the G is hard, and then the I would be pronounced E in in Latin, in in classical Latin. So the technical term would be fungi. But, you know, anything goes when it comes to that. And I think that's partly the, the problem with a lot of these endings. They're, things are gradually changing, but we're in an in-between phase, and we have, we're have we always in an in-between phase in language. But in this case, we certainly are most definitely, and we have no idea how to pronounce it. So all we can do is listen. And um, Interestingly, i just poking around, and it seems to me, and, and this is just my observation, I was just looking up different words as we were sitting here chatting, and it seems to me that more of the scientific ones are keeping, have the classical plural listed first. Yes. And more of the non-scientific have the anglicized plural listed first. So it's 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 I, I I don't know if this is true. I'm just saying this is this is like just based on just a quick glance. Like you have apexes and automatons, not automata, but you have codices and helices listed first. No, so. exactly. It does tend to be the scientific tend to tend to be more conservative. I think probably because science is an international. I mean, the, the language in the sense is used internationally. So therefore, you want to like try to keep things as, as stated. As Latinized, as... I think, too. Because, I mean, I'm thinking of botany and stuff because of uh, my husband who does stuff like that. The He's plural like... of, speaking of botany, of genus, G-E-N-U-S, is? I I guess I would have said genuses. It, I mean, that would be an English plural, exactly. Right, but what sure. would the Latin plural be? Geni? geni a- no, that's, that's the interesting, that's the problem with Latin. Okay, just tell us what it is. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> it's a third declension Latin, so the plural is genera, G-E-N-E-R-A. You'll see it in scientific books. You know, there, there are a number it. of genera <laughs> that have this or that. But that's uh-huh. some of the tricky part of like doing Latin and Greek plurals anyway. You get a rule like, oh, the U.S. goes to I, except if it's not a second declension, then it goes into... <laughs> but of course! <laughs> it's no wonder that Latin is a dead language. <laughs> right. Oh, I have to say, this reminds me of that joke. I'm sorry, I have to tell the joke that I adore. A Roman walks into a bar and asks for our martinis. Bartender goes, you mean a martini? The Roman says, if I'd wanted a double, I would have asked for it. (laughs) 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 Bada bingus.
This episode of You're Saying It Wrong has been produced by me, Fletcher Powell, help from Beth Golay and Luann Stevens in the studios of KMUW in Wichita, Kansas. We take listener questions. If you have one for Kathy and Ross, you can tweet it at us. We're at YSIWpod or email me at Powell at KMUW.org. You can check out special artwork for this episode and every episode designed by Jordan Kirtley at our website, KMUW.org. And if you like what we're doing, leave us a rating or even a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. The book You're Saying It Wrong was published by 10 Speed Press. You've still got time to get that for a holiday gift. And you can find that and Kathy and Ross Petrus's new book, That Doesn't Mean What You Think It Means, at your local independent bookstore. Kathy and Ross have written a lot more, and they're always up to something. You can check out their other work through their website, knrpetras.com. That's K-A-N-D-R-P-E-T-R-A-S.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks. Oh, and one more thing. I like all those weird collective nouns for groups of animals. You know, like a pride of lions, a murder of crows, that sort of thing. So I wanted to know what a group of octopi, octopuses, octopuses is called. Are you ready? Well, too bad. Doesn't seem like anyone really knows. I saw one place call them a rally of octopuses, but I couldn't seem to find a second source for that one. Another couple places said it's a consortium of octopuses, which I quite like, but it seemed like maybe all of those sources were just referencing each other. The most common answer seemed to be that octopuses just don't really hang out together all that much, so there isn't really a collective noun for them, which is pretty disappointing. Also, apparently these are called terms of venery. I guess they were hunting terms and are mostly so unusual because people just tried to outdo each other coming up with clever and ridiculous names for things. I don't know. This is way beyond my expertise. I'm just telling you what's online. But some of my favorites. A shrewdness of apes, a sloth of bears, a kaleidoscope of butterflies, a flamboyance of flamingos. That one's really good. An exaltation of larks, a parliament of owls, a pandemonium of parrots, a wisdom of wombats, and a dazzle of zebras. There's a bunch of other good ones. No idea if anyone anywhere has ever actually used these terms. But I mean, eh, who really cares? Although a couple of them do seem a little bit on the nose. A tuxedo of penguins? Come on, guys.